0: okay welcome to another episode of that naturopathic podcast it's dr dave here with dr michelle what's happening
1: hey everybody how are you dave
0: good 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 what's happening Uh, on your end
1: Uh, it's just uh it's been an interesting morning life is definitely throwing me some curveballs this morning so um having having this is like a consistent thing in today where there's been curveball curveball is like a nice little it's like a nice little break from the chaos
0: <laughs> <laughs> my little it's boy my, my little boy started it off a little differently uh, i guess than than you today or he he, he at least started yeah. off like this i have to see him again but he st- he woke up clapping It was like just just
1: out of the blue. Was just like hands.
0: He's just learned sort of how to clap, and so his eyes were closed. He was just sort of stirring, and then he was just like, clapping. So
1: oh my god, it's like he was dreaming something as he woke up, and he was like, "I don't know." He's a happy little guy. I feel like I feel like maybe I'll take a nap, and then hopefully this will inspire me that when I take a nap, I'm just gonna wake up clapping from
0: my nap. Okay, so we'll think of little Malky. Think of a little yeah. milky and and maybe they'll uh, up, up your spirits a bit. Um, no, it's but- good. Gonna, I'm
1: going gonna, I'm gonna to be fine. It's just, it's just been a weird, a weird day and it's all good. It happens, right? Like that's the thing though. Like it happens, it happens to everybody. You always have these weird blips and you just have to try to pivot, adapt and whatever, but it's all good. So Dave, tell me, you want to talk about something very specific today um, and it's, it's, it's more about like digestive pains, digestive aches and all the, the feeling that we as we, as the person suffering has to deal with. And as you were saying in our pre-talk, it's like, it's the pain and it's the discomfort. That's usually the driving force for somebody to come into a clinician's office and seek help. So we wanted to kind of break this out a little bit more and, and talk about maybe like, one of the best strategies that you're aware of, and I agree with, is to to help manage this. So, uh, tell us a little bit what you want to chat about today.
0: Sure. So, uh, visceral visceral pain, and uh, you know, when I first when I first started looking into it to to talk today about it, I thought, oh my god, this is a bit nerdy. This is a bit like. Hyper focused on in like true
1: day fashion.
0: <laughs> yeah, sorry. Hyper focused on maybe some like mechanisms that are really difficult to understand. Like for me, let alone yeah. try and like integrate and then like maybe communicate them properly. But then you know the, the in some in some way it's it's actually really really uh, uh, relevant because the main reason that anyone goes to an naturopath for gut issues or actually the number one reason that people go to a gastroenterologist for is for gut pain, abdominal pain, things that come with like common issues like IBS, et cetera, which we've talked about ad nauseum, yeah. <laughs> um, right? So it, it becomes really, really, this really nerdy thing that I'm really into. And I'm, I'm always checking myself because I'm really into, you know, visceral manipulation and doing a really, really, uh, I'd say elegant and precise physical exam of the abdomen. I do that on a daily but then i'm like okay uh it's actually relevant because that's what most people are presenting to to their doctor with with right. regards to abdominal issues so it's totally it's about it's about pain in the abdomen and we'll have like an easy by the end of this there's like one simple easy thing that i i have gotten to the point now where it's almost like just protocol and you can use that if you're a patient or a clinician
1: well you were bringing something up it's like if somebody has Pain in the digestive system, we can't just always approach it from like a biochemical perspective. Like you brought up the example of if somebody has a hiatal hernia that's causing um, their reflux or GERD symptoms, Mm -hmm. doing an acid suppressor isn't really going to solve the actual problem right yeah. you have to you might have to get visceral manipulation so so it's the same thing with soma- with visceral pain it's like you can't treat it the same way you treat something that's just more functional or biochemical it has to have a different approach it, yeah totally might, right yeah
0: you're totally right and and then it even gets it almost gets worse in terms of like our conventional approaches when we try and uh you know fit the idea of of treating visceral pain into the model which is way way uh uh, more thorough in the understanding of sort of somatic pain or pain from like muscles, joints, et cetera, like, um, using topical analgesics and, and things like that. It's like conventional medicine is, is pretty good with, with a lot of pain relief, right? Like, I, yeah. I think we've all got some experience with can that.
1: I, can I pause you for a second, Go. just a, a minute, just so not everybody who's listening is a clinician. So do you can, can you, for our listeners just differentiate between somatic versus visceral? for, for people who are not in like the medical world.
0: Yeah. So, uh, somatic meaning, you know, the tissues, the, the, um, the tissues, uh, connective tissues, muscles, tendons, mm-hmm. things like that. Soma means body, the word origin means body. So like, sim, like regular, regular old sort of body pain, right. you like a you, joint
1: pain or a yeah. muscle fatigue after a tense workout, like that exactly. Kind
0: of pain. Exactly. And so Visceral pain, which, which I always say is like, more like AM radio, you know, it's, it's got like a, it's not as defined, like where it is, you know, you can maybe pick out the tune a little bit.
1: But, oh my God. That's a great one.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's AM radio. And it, that's probably, I don't, some probably don't even know what AM radio is, Michelle. That's how age we're becoming.
1: I know everyone is like Spotify. They're like, what do you mean radio?
0: <laughs> even radio. I know. Crazy anyway so it's not it's not really well defined sometimes where you feel visceral pain and um when you look at the nerdy sort of uh mechanisms and anatomical sort of aspect of things you'll see it's because it doesn't work the same just like am radio doesn't work the same as streaming digital (laughs) spotify right Right. Um, and
1: viscera is basically like another word for like
0: organs organs. right
1: so and and if we think about like an ankle or a muscle or a finger, it's relatively isolated and it's more specific to like narrow down. But if you're thinking about your organs, there's like so many that take up a shared space, Mm -hmm. (laughs) a shared space. And then we have to take into consideration the, the mesentery and like all the connective tissue Ooh, that's co- say
0: mesentery to me again,
1: <laughs> mesentery. Um, so when we think about those things, it, there's, there's, we forget. And I think most people just don't even realize that all of those organs have to be suspended in this like hollow cavity called their abdomen. Um, mm-hmm. and, the suspension is done through connective tissue, the mesentery that holds it all together. So that's why when you have a pain in one area, you, it might radiate or feel it elsewhere, just like appendix pain. Appendix pain is your appendix is in your lower right part of your abdomen, but sometimes people feel it like across up until their upper rib cage on the left, on the on the left side or lower mm-hmm. side or right. So there's this weird referral pain that can happen, and that's why it's difficult to pinpoint or or really like narrow zoom in on or narrow
0: in on it is and 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 like it's it's the most common pain like again i'm going to say it's the most common presenting pain but we have the least understanding of it so it's you if you read the research even like newest studies 2022 you see we still don't really have as good a handle on treating visceral pain and therefore we should give ourselves a little bit of like uh a pardon in terms of like treating it properly because we don't understand it that well yeah yeah um but we have to try right so so I think one, one key thing to know is there's like lots of different kinds of receptors um, or like you could think of them as like antenna that pick up different signals, like an AM antenna, FM antenna, they're going to pick up different signals. So you've got like chemo receptors, which are going to respond to like different kinds of chemicals. And you've also got mechanoreceptors, which are going to respond to like shear and stretch and, and movement. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's really, really important to know is that, you know, you can have, um, yeah, like there's a mechanical component to this. And I think anyone who's got IBS and gut got pain is going to be able to relate like, oh, it just feels like I'm going to explode and it hurts when I'm really bloated. But if you actually, if they do the studies, I think it shows that they're they're not actually like distended that much. They just, they just feel it more. Mm -hmm. Right. So
1: I, I, I know what that feels (laughs) like. It is not okay.
0: Yeah. And we've all had it to some degree. Right. Yeah.
1: I've had um, it for for extended periods of time though. And it was not pleasant before I finally figured out, figured my shit out. Pardon the pun. <laughs> but um ching. Um, or even just like appendix, like oh, no, not appendix pain, uh, right quadrant, upper right quadrant pain. I'm getting a lot of that liver gallbladder kind of stuff. And that again, that's what's gonna send you in to the doctor's office. That's it's it's acute, right? Yeah. Um But back to the distension. We were talking about this in the pre-talk. When you have bloating and distension, we often like you were like you were giving us an example. If we think about how it all kind of transpires, you eat a certain food. Maybe it feeds the wrong type of microbiome. Maybe that's foods foods inflammatory, um, and then that causes gas inflammation and stuff like that in the distension. Um, And just taking that food out or taking a break from that food might be beneficial, but then we still have to do something with the effect of that on the organ system that caused the pain receptors to get flipped on. And that's what you were talking about before is that there's sometimes we have like a missing step where like we take a break from the food and then maybe we give you some antimicrobials and we do blah, 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 blah. But sometimes we miss the step about, soothing that consequential irritation to the tissue itself.
0: Absolutely. Like, I, I mean, I think before I got more focused on the anatomical perspective of things is you could you could rationalize like avoiding so many foods and you've had patients, I'm sure, I've had patients, I'm sure every naturopath listening has had patients where it's like, they're sensitive to this, they're sensitive to that. And then you're on like crazy restrictive diet, like crazy restrictive diet, which, you know, can, if you avoid all that stuff all the time, which puts you in probably a chronic state of uh, state of some stress. you probably feel like a little bit of an outsider. So you got some yeah. social stress when you go anywhere, you're like, I can't eat that. I can't eat that. that. I'm yeah. my doctor. You know, like that's, that sucks. So, it, I mean, it just sucks. So you can avoid all those things, but I th- I thought, why don't we try and like find ways to treat those organs that are responsible for the pain symptoms that are coming from like eating. Let's, I mean, look, if you, if you get pain symptoms from eating, like, I don't know, like a, a big gulp or whatever, like whatever, uh, that's probably not good for you anyway. So, okay. But when people are like getting, well, every time I eat a, every time I eat an apple, I, I throw up or something. So like, well, you should be able to eat an apple.
1: That's it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's we've funny. got these
0: snowflake organs sometimes.
1: Snowfl- they're very genteel. <laughs> tender very sensitive but they are and we abuse them let's be real like in our world they're like our 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 digestive organs are one of the few things in our body that has direct contact with the outside world Mm -hmm. and we have for lack of better wording we've really bastardized a lot of the outside world that we end up actually consuming and mm-hmm. then we expect that everything on the inside is just supposed to be like hunky-dory. You just
0: throw it down there, right? You just throw it down your mouth. There you go, guys, figure just that out.
1: Down the gaping hole and be like, down <laughs> the chute. Good luck, bombs away, right? <laughs> and then we wonder, we, we don't feel good. And it's yeah. just, it's, um, it's funny how we just kind of lost this connection with cause and effect as well. But, uh, and it's true, the, food, the foods are going to be the irritation, but we still have to do something about the irritation. And I, and I had a, a new patient visit this week and she was already quasi FODMAPs. Mm-hmm. And because she'd already been struggling for so long, like so long, she was feeling very desperate by the time she had this appointment with me. It's been years and she's like self-treating and this and that. And she comes to me yep. on this laundry list of supplements and she tried some antimicrobials, um, but she was on glutamine and DGL and I was like, dope. And she was taking flax and stuff, but she was like having crazy uh, and psyllium. Um, and she was having crazy bloating Um, but then she read a book and it said she should go on an anti-candida diet to help her clear this and this and I said okay and I said you're already doing these two diets it's keeping you in a somewhat okay place yeah and I said I'm not going to further restrict your diet right now that's not what we need because your diet is react is is reactive to your health history pointing to you probably having maybe like massive microbial issues based on this infection, this infection, this infection, this... I was like, yeah. I'd rather test and not guess. And I said, but I like you taking the glutamine and the DGL and I like you taking this and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, you know, it was just after a whole bunch of emails kept coming in after it. And I was like, we're going to send you for a test. And then a whole bunch of emails kept coming in after, our next, uh, after the visit was done being like, well, what can I do about my diet? What can I change? And there's this idea that that has to be shifted. But I was like, but that's not really the underlying issue. Right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we forget that, right. We forget that. And, and I was like, I just want you to focus on like some of the things you're already taking that are actually going to be beneficial. Right. The DGL, the glutamine, the psyllium to keep things regular and moving. And, um, and
0: hyper-focus on it. Yeah. It's not like it's, I don't think it's wrong. I guess, you know, it's, it's just so restrictive and hyper-focused that, um, we forget about the stuff Um, the the machinery that's doing the job.
1: And in all fairness, like I feel for this person because I've been there. I have felt desperate with regards to my symptoms feeling out of control. Um, and you feel like sometimes you're grasping at straws. You're like, just give me something, just give me anything. Totally. Yes. So so I I completely empathize and understand um this need for being like, Well, what can I do about my diet in the end? What can I do? This what can I do? Absolutely. So so I understand, but I was just kind of like, it would break my heart to tell you to avoid more food. I don't think that's the solution. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Right. I just couldn't, I couldn't ethically ask her to restrict her diet more. (laughs) So, you know, and then I was like, we need to figure out what's causing the irritation and just kind of like. Begin to move the needle there, but I was happy she was already on DGL and glutamine. But I didn't know how much. So I was like, we need to up those. Maybe we need to take them more frequently. Like that was kind of my initial thought process. I was like, you've got these goods. Let's maximize their efforts, mm-hmm. and then figure things up from there. So it's interesting that you brought up this conversation because I just literally had that earlier this week. This appointment and talk.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think there's a trend with at least some some you know naturopaths that I see. There's a trend to like being very careful with your, your, uh, implementation of really crazy restrictive diets. Mm. Um, the problem is that, okay, so that's fine. But if Mm -hmm. you don't address, if you don't address the other, if you don't address the problems, then, then you're going to still, uh, (laughs) you still have another problem.
1: And that's what you were saying. Like you're supposed to be able to eat an apple right? Yeah, exactly. You don't, you don't need to eat sugar. You don't need to eat a sour patch kid. Your body doesn't need to be able to tolerate that. Frankly, it should have a reaction to be like, this is poison. Um, I wish there
0: was more reaction. I wish
1: there was more of a reaction (laughs) to the poisons. So, uh, so and I always, I always preface, uh, conversations with clients who are digestive function issues. And I'll be like, listen, if we do a test and it shows that there's a sensitivity to gluten or dairy or eggs or whatever. And I said, I also wanna be careful that I'm not always gonna ask you to take out everything that lights up like a Christmas tree. And I Mm. said, there might be just some key players and they're likely a consequence of other issues, breakdown in function, like maybe poor stomach acid or a parasite or poor gallbladder function and stuff like that. And I try to bring it into the full circle kind of thing um, to be like, I always want people on the most expansive diet they can be on. Exactly. That still honors their body for where they are in their healing process. Um, but, uh, and so, so again, like just back to your thing, it's like diet is not always the main cause even of the, of the gut pain. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that needs to be addressed, but back to what do we do about the actual pain and the activation of those pain receptors? We kind of went on a tangent. Sorry. That's my fault. No, it's
0: relevant. <laughs> and and I just wanted to like uh, tell you a couple of uh, examples that, that, Maybe helped me realize even more how crazy mm. this is. When I had two patients in a week that they're like, I get nauseous when I drink water. I'm like, yeah. hold on a sec. Hold it, hold it, hold it. You can't drink water right. without like some sort of nausea or or adverse reaction. Like that's
1: wild. Wow. You are or people you, burping a lot after just drinking water. I'm just kind of like, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so there's a that that made me realize like. I've talked about the stomach in a previous episode. It's my new favorite thing to work with in, in terms of uh, taking care of a limiting factor. It's very sensitive in terms of innervation. So this, this idea of like sensitization of, of nerve endings, which we're kind yeah. of talking about here with the visceral sensitivity, I mean, it, comes, it becomes really important because all your, um, well, you have to eat <laughs> most days. Um, so you gotta stay it,
1: hydrated too. Yeah,
0: exactly. So like, and then a lot of the stuff you're going to take to, to remedy the gut is going to go through the stomach. So like, it kind of becomes this, um, log jam or whatever, this thing that you, you got to take care of the stomach to some degree. Otherwise you won't be able to take care of the rest because there is some linearity in this thing where the stomach comes first. And if it's off, then it throws everything off after it. So we'll give it, we'll give away basically what i've what i've started to implement with most almost every single patient is we do yin before yang so we do we do first, the first grandma medicine of demulsins, which i've also talked about previously but it's just becoming more and more important to the point that it's borderline protocol dare i say protocol as being a naturopath i'll get i'll I'll get like uh people chasing after me with a pitchfork about from the naturopathic community but not
1: even that if something works and it's not like your protocol is the same for everybody with everything you do but this seems to be just that one thing that suits a lot of variety of issues you can't ignore that yeah exactly you can only see it so many
0: times yeah and then you go okay like what's the risk of demulcent um there isn't really so
1: good old Demolcense, eh? Grandma yeah. medicine. And when uh, just for everyone, when Dave says the yin before the yang, we were also kind of in the pre-talk talking about the fact that if someone has a lot of sensitivity from a visceral perspective, it's highly sensitive. It's already it's sensitized to to react with pain. Going in with a heavy duty antiparasitic or antimicrobial, which just naturally by consequence also just causes natural tissue irritation just f- from going in yeah, guns blazing course. you have to it's it's the yin is the demulcent before the yang before the guns blazing antiparasitic because if you go into an already sensitive tissue and just go in and cause more irritation your client is not going to feel great right and it's going to make the process a lot more uncomfortable it's less patient compliance possibly they take their business elsewhere as well, or they just don't, they're not going to feel good. And that's the last thing we want to do. We also have to put out the fire before we just kind of, to set things ablaze again you gotta have to soothe Well, the fire,
0: fire is relevant like even yeah. using that analogy is relevant and yeah. and i i think a yin is cooling right yin mm-hmm. is more that feminine uh sort of supportive soothing cooling. soothing cooling and even like dgl which which i use uh now and then and prescribe a lot it's got actually like you can feel the cooling going down to the heart burn if you say you know it's commonly used in heartburn, but I yeah. I would argue that you could use it in all kinds of visceral sensitized tissues. So that's that's the key. We'll sort of we'll sort of bring that in is that these visceral tissues are sensitized. So the first thing you have to do is calm them the down. Yeah. So like like you like you're saying, be careful with like doing some blasting, some like antimicrobials. And relevant for you, our little gallbladder whisperer, is is that bile is actually an irritant. So so bile will irritate. Uh, Viscerally sensitive tissues, so it's not like bile is bad. Bile is great, as you know way more than I do about it. But it will aggravate sensitized tissues. So again, demulcent first. Let's let's get grandma, grandma come in there, give a nice big hug. It's all good, you know. Smoochy smooch. Hot water bottle, some Netflix, some like nice warm soup or whatever. That's that's Mm -hmm. the image we're going for there. Just fit like like calm the fire down a little bit. And then um, then maybe you bring in more sort of yangy yeah. things. There so, needs to
1: be a rest and recover phase in addition to a more challenge or eradication or guns blazing phase, just like with working out, right? You can't just work out seven days a week, <laughs> high intensity, right? People seem to think you can, but like yeah. pro athletes realize they have to have a recovery phase. They have to have, then the next level of challenging their body Is more effective and more efficient and the same thing goes when it comes to like healing processes of any shape or form you have to allow the body to have a moment that it feels nourished and rested and allowed to recover and recuperate between that and even with clients of mine they'll be like how long am i how long will it take to get rid of parasites and when do we bring in probiotics and when do we do this and blah Mm -hmm. blah blah, and do we do them at the same time and i said you know what sometimes when i'm doing a heavy duty eradication protocol because there's like layer upon layer upon layer about microbes that we discover Then sometimes we might do three to four weeks and then to maybe even take a one to two week break and just kind of like put Mm -hmm. some demulsin, some gut healing, maybe add some probiotics or something, Mm -hmm. just so there's a bit of a pause to break it up because going in there, like firing your guns away, it's tough. So you can either start off that way, which which depending on the irritation level for the person, or even like oscillate in and out, especially for longer protocols. And I find that that's helpful too, because people need a break.
0: Well, the guns blazing makes sense a lot of the time. I just think it has to be done at the right time. That's it. And uh, and there is an order of of doing things a lot of the time. And 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 this is one of those cases. If specifically the stomach, in particular, is hypersensitive, if you don't calm that shit down, then you're not going to be able to do all the other stuff because you're going to lose the patient if you're a practitioner, or the patient's going to be like, "I'm already sensitive to pain. In fact, that's why I came to you." So. Yeah. I don't want to do things that give me more pain, That's it. but I would, I would shout, I would shout out to like any, uh, clinicians and patients to, to cause what goes along with this is you have to be patient mm. and know that there's a bit of like, there's some steps that may have to be taken before we get to guns blazing, whatever that may be. And often I don't, I don't need the guns blazing, but they can be uh, done later after you've sort of healed it yeah. up. And, I use that analogy, like say you've had some traumatic thing happen to you, um, you know, and you come home and you, you're a mess and you're, you're shattered and everything, everything's terrible. You're emotionally, psychologically shattered and everything. You come home, you're not going to, uh, if you're the one at the door, you're not going to say, well, why'd you go there? Why'd you get into that mess? Why didn't you, do, you shouldn't have been there. You you.
1: Hopefully that's not how you're greeted. Well,
0: unless you're like a, you know, old school dad or something. Oh, God. Um, but like what you need at that point is just like a hug. Mm -hmm. You need someone to say, it's okay. And you need, like I said, like the soup and a blanket, a hot water bottle, just chill out. And then maybe we can discuss later on, once you've sort of recouped a little bit um, what to do about it next time. So that maybe you build up that resilience. Like you're saying, you can't work out like from zero to a hundred, you got to, there's steps to doing things. And so please for people who are going to see a naturopath or, or younger naturopaths, be patient because, we're seasoned
1: um, naturopaths. Sometimes we forget.
0: Yeah, we do. <laughs> we lose
1: sight of the big picture sometimes too, right? Like, I mean... No, for
0: sure. For sure.
1: I think we all need a good reminder that that we have an idea of what needs to be done, but we have to also remember that it's the right step at the right time.
0: Exactly. Um, so the demulcents we didn't even say a lot of it. We said DGL, right? So yeah. deglycerizinated licorice, um, slippery elm, marshmallow...
1: Those are the. Those are the. Those
0: go-tos. are the go-to's. Maybe aloe. I don't use aloe as much.
1: I don't use for aloe very much either. Um, I just, although it is lovely, um, it it's is lovely good, and cooling
0: it. too, right? Like even cooling. when you 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 can feel the cooling kind and of. And even use. as a
1: drink, then it feels like it just kind of yeah. like right. Well, that's Rather how I get. it. I'll get that. And pills and stuff. Yeah,
0: I buy the juice sometimes just as a sort of like really refreshing, uh, drink.
1: I don't, um, I don't gravitate towards aloe juice enough, but now that you brought that on my radar, I'm kind of like, all right. <laughs> but inner, inner, fillet. We don't necessarily need the of laxative action. The inner
0: fillet, right? Um, so, so each one of those might be a little. I'm going to horrify some herbalists, I'm sure, by labeling them all as like just some demulcent, and I'm sure there's some differences in how they're applied when you're some kind of like really great herbalist. But I generally um, use them interchangeably depending on situation, right? Because some of those DGL tablets have like sugary, like sorbitol or mm-hmm. um, they'll have like sweeteners and stuff in them, which yeah. if you don't tolerate, that sucks. Exactly. I had people who don't tolerate a demolcin too. So I should say that like it it's sometimes it's a little bit more difficult than just take a demulsin because they might actually react to the demolcin, which is crazy when that happens. It but.
1: doesn't happen very often, but it happens. It can
0: happen. Yeah, I don't know
1: yeah but usually i find them pretty gentle pretty pretty like very tolerated by majority of the population quite well um but you're right Uh, a lot of the powders will also have some kind of sweetener or flavoring to it. So that's, again, shout out to our to our sponsors with Matrix. They created literally something called GIC, which I'm in love with, capsulated form. But it's literally those three demulsans, DGL, slippery and yeah. marshmallow root, in a capsule. So there's no binders, no fillers, no flavors, no sugars. That's so an for easy those one to get more behind. sensitive people, that's a nice one. I mean, the other option is telling people to go get to get the herbs themselves and put them in the tea. But that becomes like, then they have to look for it. And if you don't have a dispensary, right, nearby that has a herbal dispensary, and then they have to make the concoction, it becomes a little bit tedious. So I find, uh, so, so big ups to Cytomatrix for creating a bomb product, a simple and just really neat, clean product that works. So,
0: so I looked up some info on, on Debalcince, and I use this on my charts now, and this is what it said, this, uh, the references from Science Direct. So, um, pretty conventional science, but even they are saying demulcents are cool, which is which is neat.
1: Do they literally um, say it's cool? Because I, I hope so. No.
0: <laughs> this is what they said. In general, all mucilage containing demulcents have the following general properties. Reduce irritation down the whole length of the bowel. Lessen the sensitivity of the digestive system to uh, gastric acids and to digestive bitters. Like they even talked about bitters. Um, mm. Help prevent diarrhea secondary to inflammation, irritation, reduce digestive muscle spasms that cause colic, ease coughing and... Uh, by soothing bronchial tension so there's some interesting reflexive stuff that happens with uh, demulsants which are not really the topic here but that's that must cool. be where
1: that's probably where the licorice is good for coughs because i've always known licorice is supposed to be good for cough that's why it's in like a lot of like natural cough licorice medicines. is in everything
0: licorice it's, is, it's dope it's, it's a gangster dope. shit yeah <laughs> um and then relax painful spasms in the bladder and urinary system and sometimes even the uterus um, I've seen this clinically. Uh I use uh demulsants for interstitial cystitis and other sort of um issues of like the hollow organs. Basically, if it's a hollow organ, it might be soothed by uh, a bit of demulcent, which is really neat.
1: Really interesting. I might have to pick your brain about that one.
0: Yeah. Later because, like, another time. <laughs>
1: another time. Um, um in a future episode of that naturopath Podcast. No. Um But that, yeah, no, that's, that's, they're, they're just, they're just reliable. And like look how beautiful that like that list of like benefits are like, come on, it's good times.
0: It is good times and with very little risk and uh, I don't know, you can feel comfy about your, this, this sort of framework you're working with, I think.
1: It also tends to help the consistency and regularity of your bowels too, which I don't think that was listed there, but I find that that's a nice little consequence of that too.
0: Well look, I mean, I think I we said in our little pre-talk like uh Brian Callinan's got those Demolcents in her product. I forget she the name. She was on the-
1: our she was on our episode a couple uh, we recorded a couple weeks ago. So if you haven't checked out hers, it's a great episode. Just a little shout out to Brian.
0: Yeah, and then uh, like you said the three from Cytomatrix. Mm-hmm. Um, I just made a psyllium product, uh, for just for my patients. And it, I put in those, uh, demulsants, uh, I think, is it GI revive or gut revive SAP by,
1: uh, GI revive has all of them in, in addition to like aloe and okra, I a believe, bunch of other stuff. but yeah. it's got a, it's got a bunch of, it has, has a bunch of anti-inflammatories and things too. It's a bit more complex. I think the GI, GI repair sap from That's NFH, the one by NFH is, I think it's a little simpler. Um, but it it's definitely good. Has it's those. solid. Mm-hmm. It's solid
0: and it's got those. Mm-hmm. So I guess what I'm saying is there's a reason. Um, maybe it's not earth-shattering uh, news all of this, but but um, there's a reason all those products have it in have it yeah. in them. Yeah. And um, I've I just yeah, shout out to all the people who who uh, who are into those products or have designed them. There's a, there's a reason. But um, I think a special note goes to those who have products in the epigastrium. So we're talking about the upper part of the GI and you're having troubles getting in good food or you're hypersensitive to everything and your stomach hurts when you drink water and all that. I mean, this is where demulcents really um, become relevant, I
1: think. Yeah, absolutely. Soothing the terrains that you can do better work with healing it Mm -hmm. in whatever way, shape or form that requires.
0: And demulcent comes from a Latin term, uh, which means to caress, which I, I always find word etymology is very interesting. So you do, like
1: to, you do like to bring those up and I actually quite appreciate them as much as I like, I'm, I'm like, you're giggling. Um, it's because I actually appreciate that. I'm just like, oh, that sounds so nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes they're inspired, right? Sometimes those, those words are inspired. So they soothe your tubes.
1: So- tube soothe.
0: Yeah, tube soother.
1: You should maybe that's the name of your new product,
0: tube soother. Oh my god, that's a great one. Tube trademark soother trademark it
1: her quick, quick trademark it. <laughs> um okay. Um yeah, I th- I
0: think that's basically what I wanted to to get in about. I mean, I could like we could go nerdier and way more, and probably in the future I'll maybe have some more uh to say about visceral uh sensitization and all that stuff, but at least we got a take-home message, which is that uh Demolitions are the bomb. That's so old. Is it old to say that now? I, I like to say they're the gangster shit. So they really are. And yin becomes before yang in a, in a sense. uh And you need that cooling yin aspect before you start doing more guns blazing. Guns blazing. Guns blazing. Yeah. Pew pew pew. pew. Cool. <laughs>
1: just my I'm, not, I'm basically a human sound effects machine guys i'm you, like that you, guy you bring I'm them got, you
0: bring him every week
1: i'm like that guy what was the one from from police academy that made all the noises i'm not that good not even a little high tower got, yes a, gotta, it was yeah, gotta be
0: like a 80s 80s kid or 70s kid remember that michelle
1: shout out to those shout out to the 80s and 70s kids for high tower sound effects
0: and am radio and shout
1: am radio out.
0: yeah yeah okay well thanks for listening on your uh, digital streaming device or whatever <laughs> you've been listening on and uh and putting up with some sound effects and some nerdy stuff we appreciate you tuning in to us thanks guys that Pathic podcast <laughs> tnp hello there